Amen. Praise God. Well, everybody say good morning. Let's just open up with prayer if we can, uh, everybody. Lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today for all your grace, for all your goodness, for all your graciousness to our life. Thank you, Father, that your promises are yes and amen. There is no debate. There is no discussion. There is no argument. They are just yes and amen, and we receive them. So, Father, today we receive the promise of Christ in our life, the resurrected Jesus in our life, the power of new life in our life. And Father, today we come so that we may celebrate your name, lift you up so that you may draw all men unto you. And thank you, Father, for everyone online, everyone watching right now, and everyone here. Thank you, Father, that you do great and mighty things which we do not even conceive. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. We're going to worship him this morning. Amen. That was pitiful. I'm just going to be honest. That was pitiful. We're going to worship him this morning. Amen. That was better. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand if you can this morning while we worship him. There we go. In the name of Jesus, let's sing this out. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Let's sing it, my, my God is so much bigger than troubles I face, amen. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Let's sing it out, my God, yes, he is. My God is so much better than all of these things. Let's say it, I won't be. And I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. We stand on firm ground. My God is faithful. His promise is true. We use our words. So I speak to the mountains. Oh, it's time to move. My God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. Amen. My enemies scatter because they know the battle is done. It's one in his name, amen. My God is stronger, the victory's already won. Amen, amen. He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. Let's turn the volume in the house up, Mr. David. Cause my God is greater than death, hell and the grave. Shaken, I won't be moved. No, I won't. Not today. My God is faithful. His promise is true. Woo! So I speak to the mountains. Yes, it's time to move today. In Jesus' name, we say to it. Yes, my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater 
There's no mountain too high, amen. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God. Impossible. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God. It's impossible. Oh, I won't be shaken. I won't be moved My God is faithful in every season His promise is true Amen So I speak to the mountains Oh, it's time to move My God is bigger Better, stronger, great. Let's sing that. Bigger, better, stronger, greater. Bigger, better, stronger, greater. Bigger, better, stronger, greater. Bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. Amen. In all seasons, he's faithful. Amen. 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 I don't know about y'all, but he's been good to me. Can you say amen if he's been good to you? Amen. Amen. We're going to sing this next song. Amen. Amen. This is one of my favorite songs because we just sing the names of our Lord and Savior and what he is in all areas of our life. In Jesus' name. In the Bible, there's multiple dozens, hundreds of names that we can call our Lord. And my favorites are Redeemer, Savior, Creator, Son of the living God, Only Begotten Son, Holy One of Israel, King of Kings, Head of the Church, the Almighty, Alpha and Omega, Master, High Priest, Prophet, Teacher, Emmanuel, Advocate, Mediator, Judge, Chief Cornerstone, Lamb of God, Good Shepherd, The Word, Fountain of Living Waters, Amen? He is present in every area of our life. In every situation, He has a name for us to call upon Him. He's not a one size fits all in terms of there's only one thing He can do for us. Amen? Amen. So we're gonna worship Him this morning and thank Him for all that He is. Let's sing this out. You are the medicine. Oh, you are the medicine. Only cure for everything I feel within. Redeeming what was lost and all that could have been. Oh, this is a healing kind of love. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I'm healed. You are the truest friend. Staying through the night when I was at my end 
comforting my heart till it was light again. Oh, this is a faithful kind of love. Let's sing it everlasting. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you hear with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. You control it all, Lord. You are the final word. You alone decide when every page will turn. So I will trust your timing. I will rest secure. Oh, this is the steady kind of love. Yes, it is. We praise you, God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you hear with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on his shoulders. Let's thank him for that. It's all on his shoulders. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you hear with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Yes, it is your name. Your name, Lord, we praise your name. We use our voices, God, to praise you. We thank you, God. We praise you, God.
of her Prince of Peace Emmanuel God with us You're here with me Wonderful Counselor The government is resting on your shoulders And so am I One more time Everlasting Father Prince of Peace Emmanuel God with us You're here with me Wonderful Counselor The government is resting on your shoulders In Jesus' name Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Let's sing it out, your name says it. Your name says it. We remember Joe Collins. Joe is not with us this morning. Uh, he's still with us. I want everybody to wonder about that. He's not here. Joe's got some uh, concerning news. We've all been or will be in the doctor's office and get the gut kick, right? Been there. Walked that path more than once. So Joe is there. So he's walking uh, He's walking the valley. He's. Uh, the devil's going to jump Joe now. He's going to tell Joe that I've got you. It's all over, right? But it's not because we live the Savior who came and took our beatings for us. He took our stripes for us so we could be healed. He took our sins to the cross, became sin itself. His own father turned his back on him. What a horrible, horrible day. But he did it. He did it for us. And he's still doing it for us. So those of you for prayer, elders, pastors come down and we will lay hands upon you and you will recover per the word of God. Not my word. <laughs> Don't rely on me to do it. This is the word of God speaking. So they will call for the elders of the church. They will lay hands upon them and they will, they shall recover. Amen. Come down, come down.
while they just continue to pray, I, uh, I want us to just lift these up to it still. And I uh, also pray for everybody online. I got a great testimony to share in a minute. But Father, for everyone who's watching online, we thank you for their partnership, their membership, their life. We thank you, Father, that your spirit knows no time, knows no distance, uh, does not uh, matter, does not uh, come into a, a solid matter itself, does not come into a connection when it comes to your spirit. That, Father, you are here, you are there, and you are active in all ways. So, Father, we ask you right now, Father, that your delivering power, your keeping power, your grace would be made known to them, everyone watching that your goodness would be made known to them, no matter what situation they're in, no matter what attack they're facing, that Father, they would know, as the, um, the writer of old said, this much I know, my Redeemer lives. And they will not lose their faith and their hope and their confidence in you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. And Father, we just pray for our nation. We pray for all those in authority. We bless them. We, we speak life over them. We speak your protection. Thank you, Father, that you have the king's heart in your hand and you turn it whithersoever you will. Father, we thank you that we serve you. We don't serve men. Um, we do say God save the king. God bless King Charles. But Father, he is not our king. Jesus is our king. Amen. And we only submit to him in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for peace in our land and for the peace of Jerusalem in Jesus' name, that you would protect your people, you would keep them safe in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm reminded too, to just challenge everyone, that if we're troubled, to pray. Not gossip, not talk, not tweet, not TikTok, not rant, but to pray. To pray with humility and faith, because you are faithful, and you deliver us out of all affliction. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Look at somebody and say, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But that's called a Holy Ghost conjunction. Can I have an amen? But the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. When my oldest daughter, Sarah Beth, was young and little, and I quoted that verse, she would immediately run up to me and go, no, daddy, we don't say but. We say bottom line. Can I have an amen? And I said, but there's no way to quote that verse with the word bottomland in it. <clears throat> Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Bottomland, the Lord delivers us out of them all. Can I have an amen? She did not understand the difference between a body part and a conjunction. That's a Holy Ghost conjunction. But, everybody say but. We are so glad to have everybody here with us this morning uh, in person and online. I uh, got a great testimony uh, about online uh, this week. Uh, happened actually last week while we were eating lunch. Uh, I got it, and um, just glad. Uh, but I, I want to do this, and, and she didn't ask me to. But uh, we have Commissioner Vivian Thomas with us. She's District Four, and I, I, she didn't say that. Give her a good hand clap, Amen. We bless her, and I didn't know who she was. I knew her name, I knew that, and all of a sudden, I, I told her, I thought I didn't know this was this. Can I have an Amen? I mean, I, so we're so blessed to have y'all with us today, and uh, we just speak life over you and believe for God to direct you. And you have not only my utmost respect but my deepest condolences for being in politics. Can we have an amen? Uh, I have done that once in a race, and Jesus. And my, my, my wife says I can do it again when Jesus appears to her. Can I have an amen? She told me I don't care what Jesus says to you. And I told her, 
he's going to speak to you because I don't, I don't want to hear it either. Amen. That's a hard, hard area. Uh, as you get ready to give this morning, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. And uh, who in here knows many? <laughs> Blessed are the flexible, Amen. for they shall bend and not be broken. Jesus never said that, but he should have. Can I have an amen? Uh, that, that's, a, a, that's a policy here. And so we thank God for y'all's uh, grace today. A couple, I actually had a couple hiccups this morning in service, and hopefully nobody's noticed it online. Proverbs chapter three. Um, I, this is a verse we use for many things, and, but I love using it for offering. It says, honor the Lord with your substance, with your first fruits and all your increase, so your barns shall be filled with plenty, your vats will overflow with new wine. That follows five and six, which we quote all the time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, we, we quote that, that verse, that first one, all the time because it is a, um, it's, it's a great passage that we should not lean to our own understanding. Who in here knows that our ways are lesser? Our ways are not as good. God's ways are always better. Can I have an amen? amen. Uh, who in here has ever said, I don't know what to do? You know why? You ain't God. And if you knew what to do, you don't need him. And so that's one of the best things about not knowing what to do. It always keeps you dependent on him. I heard a guy say one time, and he made a comment, and I, I thought this was profound. He said, I give a lot. And he was wealthy. He, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I give a lot. I said, why? He says, because if I give and I don't have enough to meet my needs, I have to stay dependent upon him. He says, I could get to the point to where I don't really care because I have more than enough. The psalmist even said one time, David, he says, God, give me enough that I'm not hungry, but not so much that I forget you. But who in here determines that? You. God don't have a problem with you having a lot. He don't really have a problem with you having little. Who in here knows you ought to be happy? Can I have an amen? If you're happy driving an old car, drive an old car. I'm happy driving an old car. My car's a 2012, 241,000 miles. Can I have an amen? Um, isn't that almost to the sun or something or to the moon or something? I mean, I, I like it. And my, Lisa asked me the other day, she said, when do you want a new truck? I said, when this one hits 400. Because as I drive, I see these new trucks and I see payments floating in the wind. Can I have an amen? <laughs> I see high interest payments and insurance payments. And I'm thinking, that is not God's will for my life. Can I have an amen? Debt free. Who in here knows it's better to be paid for than prayed for? I've met people say, we prayed for that car and God blessed us. I've only got to pay for it for seven years. I'm like, well, that car is paid for. I don't have to pay for it again. Going to have an amen. And thank God for the taxes in Georgia now. Only got to pay $21 a year for a title. Can I have an amen? I hated that tax when I first moved to Georgia. I hated that every year. My birthday present my first year was paying car taxes. Hated that. So thank God they changed that. $21 a year. God's good. Amen. God don't care. What he does care about is relationship with you. You should never let anything get between that. That's why before the honor the Lord with all the substance, that, that verse comes the first verse before that. You trust him in all your ways and acknowledge him. So as we get ready to give today, if you need to give online, all that information's there. Cash app, Zelle, checks, PayPal, however you need to give. Or um, we, my wife, we always give through cash app. So that's why I always hold my phone when I give. I like to lay hands on something. I like to pray for something. It is an act of faith for me. Um, 
And sometimes I have been in services and given index card. I have nothing else to give. I want to give something. I want to do something. Uh, who in here knows it's good to be a blessing? I, um, I actually told one of my daughters last night, Molly, we were talking about something. And I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you right now by the Spirit of God why this happened in their life. And she goes, why? And I told I said, they never sowed. I said, and when they did sow, they sowed wrong. I said, and you reap what you sow. I said, that is a principle. That's an eternal principle. And some people say, well, I ain't never heard that. Well, who's ever heard what goes around comes around? Same principle, same comment, just a different phraseology. And so we uh, thank God for the opportunity to sow. So hold your offering in your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for your goodness and your grace and your promise. So Father, we honor you. We put you first. We will not look to the left or the right. We will not be concerned about um, economics or what, what all that says. We look to the word of God. In fact, Father, according to Proverbs 4, we're, we're not even gonna look around. We are gonna make sure that we honor you rightly and that we are not contrary of conversation when it comes to your word. So Father, we honor you with our tithes, our offerings, whatever you say, Father. You have complete ownership of who we are. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a tithe we owe, but it is a debt we owe because of the greatest gift of salvation that you've given. So Father, we honor you with all that we have, not just our first fruits, but everything. And you have the right to request it all. And we realize that, sir. And we thank you. And Father, we thank you that you bless everyone in here. Your hand of provision in this crazy day is always here. And that you always provide more than enough. The Lord is our shepherd. We do not want for any good thing. And so, Father, we thank you for our church that you bless us, that you grow us, that you always bring in more than $15,000 by faith, Father, that every bill is paid and that every need is met in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you as you give. You can just come up as you give that um, if you have cash. Uh, I, I guess we, we need to create some other ritual for cash app people. Uh, if you gave through cash app, throw your phone on the platform. Can I have an amen? Uh, just don't hit your pastor in the process. Amen. Elon, could you bring me that Diet Coke? Amen. You got my text last night, then I yes, said, okay. It was late. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, um, man, I'm so glad to. If, and also, I didn't say this too, but if this is uh, your first, second, or third time with us, there is a QR code. If this is your first, second, third time with us online, we ask for this too. Um, use this QR code or a connection card in front of you. We would love to uh, connect with you, pray for you. And uh, one of the things um, after service, if you will meet me right out there in the foyer, this service will be a little different. It'll take a moment. Um, I have to film a video for a pastor friend of mine, so we'll right a moment service is over. Uh, I will dismiss you, and then I'm going to ask you to leave kind of quick, and, or y'all can stay and watch. Can I have an amen? I, I know it will be an exciting moment in your life, praise the Lord, as I record a two-minute video. But um, if you're a first, second, third time guest, please meet me, or my wife will be out there at the uh, uh, info table right as you walk out. We have a gift for you. I want to bless you and thank you for being with us. Can I have an amen? If you got your Bible, turn to the first Samuel chapter 30. We are talking about, and I'm calling it rising above defeat. Who's ever been defeated? Say amen. Who's ever had a kick in the gut, a setback, uh, something that you did not expect? 
Uh, we have a church member right now who's going so, through something highly unexpected, uh, very painful. Uh, we have, you know, uh, I remember watching a, a thing one time and this guy made a comment. He said, most people expect tragedy to hit someone else. He says, but it's rare when it comes home. Now, as a pastor, I've done, I don't know how many funerals. I'm trying, I was trying to figure it up the other day and I don't have good records from when I was younger, but I did a number of them just as a young pastor didn't know anybody. The funeral home called, said, could you do a funeral? I said, I'll be glad to. So I go and do the funeral. Didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. Had to ad lib, can I have an amen? Or, and try to make it long. So I'd read the obituary, James Smith was a good man. Can we all say amen? You know I mean? I just try to stretch it. I've probably done 200, 250, 300 funerals in my lifetime. I don't know, 200 at least. I've sat on that side of the table 200 times. I know how to do a funeral. I know what we gotta talk about. I know what I gotta talk about with the funeral home director. I know how to do a service. Is everybody, everybody got me? But on the side of losing somebody, I've been there twice. I've lost my mama, 2013, my dad two years ago. Now thank God they're both in heaven. Thank God they're on the streets of glory. Whenever I get choked up about my daddy or my mama and I miss them, I mean, I mean, and sometimes it'll hit me hard and I'm a crier. I, I don't apologize for that. And I'm a nasty crier. <laughs> you got me? I mean, am I not? I'm, I mean, I'm terrible. I, I, I can't preach and talk or do nothing. I mean, I'm worse than Lonnie. Bless up, Lonnie's that way. But I mean, I'm just... <laughs> I, mean, I tried to talk at my mom's funeral. I, and I was, I was like... <laughs> I just had to stop. Now with my dad's, God's goodness was to me. And I cracked a couple times, but I didn't cry. But I hadn't sat on that side, I mean, on this side, but twice. God's goodness though, when my dad passed, I went into pastor mode because I wasn't there on the phone. I took care of most of it on the phone. Never even hit me. What's funny was I was operating, if you will, in that office for a moment. The moment I crossed over, man, grief hit me. That loss. But you know, sometimes we can go through that, whether it be a job, relationship, doesn't have to be a death. I mean, I've seen, I've met people still to this day that are upset that Elvis died early and Michael Jackson. And I looked, I've looked at people and I said, did you know Michael Jackson? I did this one time. We was at Taco Bell. Who here knows how they ask you for your name? This is eight, nine years ago. They said, what's your name? I don't know why I did it. I know I'm white. Can I have an amen? I just said, but there's, a, there's white people named Michael Jackson. I just said, they said, what's your name? I said, Michael Jackson. My wife looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And we went and sat down, but they would yell your name out. So this woman comes up and she goes, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. He had been dead 10 years or so. What did this happen? Every head looked. White people, white people. It's like Michael Jackson with the gloves. Gonna be moon walking in the rooms. I mean, they said, I, I, I was like, I, I watched, everybody watched me walk up. He's been gone for years. But I've met people who were so identified with him. When he passed, they never could get over it. Now I said this about people dying and stuff. Everybody say defeat. Um, I don't understand this. I, can't, I don't identify with this. I, I, I'm, I'm saying this in a way to have grace for you because I don't. I hope nobody's mad at me when I say this, but somebody who's lost a family member that we know went to heaven 
we know they went to heaven. I, I can't identify with those people who grieve, grieve for years. I get grieving as others who have hope, because we have hope as Christians. I might miss him for a while, but I'm gonna see him again. Can I have an amen? amen. I miss my daughter Molly, because she's in Nashville, Tennessee. I miss her a lot, but I know I'm gonna see her again. But, but I, I, I get disconnected from people who, you know, somebody's been gone for 20 years and they can't move on. Or they've been divorced for 20 years and they can't move on. You shouldn't let anything control you that bad. Amen. Nothing is worth God's investment of time for you to let that and his word take second seat to grief or bitterness. Now, last week we talked about bitterness. First Samuel chapter 30, verse one, and so it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, this is David's camp city. So his camp has been taken over. Had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him left, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now I'm, I'm gonna throw this out to all the men because sometimes we still have some men in America who deal with this. It ain't wrong to cry and grieve. Now, older times, you know, I say older times, just 30, 40 years ago, there's men, they wouldn't cry. Because who in here knows cowboys don't cry? Can I have an amen? You suck it up. I told somebody the other day, I said, this is how I grew up. I said, I didn't believe in counseling. You just sucked it up and went on. And you pushed it way down deep inside so it wouldn't bother you. Can I have an amen? But that's not, that's not even wise. That's not even good counsel. Don't be amen to me that loud. Can I have an amen? I knew you'd give me an amen. So David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. And David's own wives, two wives, Hanoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, and the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of every man was grieved, every man for his sons, his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And everybody say amen. amen. Now we looked at last week about that word grieved and that means bitter, bitterness. Who in here knows that defeat or painful moments can create bitterness? I've met people who were mad at God because they were taught wrong, because God did this. And I've met people and they've been taught that. Well, you know, God did that. If God's good, how could such bad things happen? Well, I'm gonna pick on her, not because she's, I mean, just, but I'd do it if, you know, I'll pick on uh, Tony too. Uh, you're in law enforcement, you're a, you're a council member. Why is there crime? Why are these people here not doing something about it? Well, they can't police everything. Can I have an amen? They can't run around. They don't go from house to house. Well, if God wanted to, he could stop it. But see, God gave you uh, will. He gave you choice. He gave everybody choice. You want to go to heaven? Come on. You want to go to hell? You can go. You want to live right? You can do it. You want to be evil? You can do it. 
You know, those people who believe that God does everything, I love to hit them in the arm. I've done this before, just hit them in the arm. Well, what was that for? That was God's will. That must have been God's will. Well, that hurt. God wanted you to hurt. Can I have an amen? But bitterness can drive you away. So they had to drop that. Now, this is something great. So last week we're preaching, and I, and I, and I, I really want us to be about, oh, maybe 10 times what we are numbering here. Can I have an amen? But I, I thank God for everybody online, and you can't see online, but we're sitting at Burger King because we don't do Taco Bell anymore. Can I have an amen? They kicked me out after the Michael Jackson incident of 85. I'm just teasing they didn't. So we're, we was at Burger King. And as we're standing there to order, and I get little text messages and stuff from people who are online members, I get this text message. And there's an online member and they've gone through a hard time and they've relocated. Well, they got a job, you know, everybody's hybrid now. So they got a job, they didn't work anywhere. So they moved and just went to a different part of the country and did an Airbnb. But they said, while I'm preaching last week, they got under conviction about bitterness because a thing in their life had happened and they had been bitter for years. Now here's something bad about bitterness and forgiveness. Let's say this is the past about here. This is the present and this is the future. Who in here knows that this has no effect physically? And I'm even gonna use the terms spiritually, manifestedly. Let's call it a spiritual. On anything that happens here or there, it is past. Now, if you carry it and let it weight you, you won't get any work further because you let that weight you down. And so you've got to get walk in forgiveness. You need to walk it. Look at somebody and say, I forgive you. Have y'all ever seen that video of that preacher preaching and he says, it's time to give you somebody the F word? I mean, the whole church just looks kind of at him. And he goes, I'm telling you right now. He says, I am, <laughs> he goes, I am effed up with y'all. Man, the place goes quiet. He says, I am forgiving everyone in here because forgiveness is the most powerful force. But here's the thing that's funny. Forgiveness doesn't work on the other person as much as it does you. It releases you. And all of a sudden you can leave that and let it go, not let it bother you. And some people say, I met a lady one time, she used to go to our church and she had gone out witnessing. Well, Jesus said to witness two by two and she went off by herself, just you know, full of herself. She was witness to a homeless guy. He attacks her, rapes her. And I looked at her and this is only like six, eight weeks, maybe two and a half months or something, but I was traveling at the time, so I didn't see her all the time. And I looked at her and I said something, and I said, uh, and she said, and she said it like she's talking about getting her car washed. I said something, I said, man, it's so good to see something. She said, oh yeah, she said, you know, I had a bad time. She said, I got raped not, not long ago, but this guy, she was, it's just my fault. She goes, I was being an idiot. You know, she said, she said, stupid. I was being stupid. She goes, I went out witnessing by myself in an area of town I shouldn't have been. Jesus said to go two by two. She says, but I ain't letting that bother me or wake me down. She says, I've done forgiven him. She said, that's all a sinner knows how to do with sin. She says, God's good, he's gracious, and he's walking me through it, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I was like, bam, you have blown my head apart. Because who in here know most of us? I'm gonna kill him and, and let that drudge up. So I'm, I'm preaching on that some last week about bitterness. Everybody say, forgive. Look at somebody beside you, say, I forgive you. Look at somebody else and say, I need to be forgiven. 
And then I'll now look at them and, and ask them, say, why do you need to be forgiven? And now answer them back, because I am messed up. Can I have an amen? <laughs> I am messed up. I guarantee some of y'all drive slow in the left lane on the interstate. Y'all need forgiveness. Can I have an amen? Deep forgiveness from the kingdom of God. Driving slow in the left lane. And so they sent this, and they said, I just want you to know, they said, while you were preaching, God convicted me about that relationship. Said, I sat right there and forgave them. Said, I said, no more than prayed the prayer. And they get a text from their Airbnb landlord. And basically it says, not really sure why we're doing this, but uh, we're gonna drop your rent $300 a month. Then they sent me another thing that they got a coupon in the mail. Was it, was it, uh, is that my phone? Well, it needs to stop. Can I have an amen? I just want to know who that was, his phone. Please let that not be Elder King. Was that Elder King's phone? Can I have a name? Was that Elder King's phone? Reading the script. It was reading the verse for you. Let's all stretch forth our hands to our system. I love you, Karen. I'm just teasing. Who in here knows you got to laugh? Amen. Life's too short. So I forget exactly what her coupon was, but she got some rebate in the mail for like $12. They put... I know, as God is my witness, I've never bought this product in my life. Why I'm getting a rebate, I have no idea. And they stopped and they said, I think that's just the goodness of God to let me know it's good to release stuff. Life's too short. Now here's what David did next. David inquired of the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Now I got a couple verses I'm gonna use. And... Uh, uh, one of them I did not put in my notes, so I gotta kind of find it. So uh, Karen's phone will be talking while we uh, take this brief intermission. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I found my verse, I found my verse. In Hebrews, this is not in the notes. In Hebrews 6, 19. So, so let, let's go through this real quick. They weep, they're grieving, they talk about stoning David. <laughs> That's not a good day. And yet David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now that word strengthen basically just means that. It means to meditate, to refocus. And who in here knows that our focus should always be on the word of God and the spirit of God, not everybody else, not everything else, not what everybody says. God bless mama, God bless Nana, not what they say. If what they say contradicts the word of God, we love them, but we walk a different way. And so you just have to do that. In fact, I'll throw this out. Jesus is a little more cutting. He said, I have come to separate fathers and mothers and sons and daughters because the gospel separates, which is one of the reasons why it's never minded me to be picked on sometimes as I've gotten older or to be in the disillusioned class because as a Christian, we ought to identify with that. Yeah. 
because we are. Satan does not like us. Society does not like us. I can pray in about any other name in public I want to, but sometimes let me say the name of Jesus and it can get people irritated. I've told you about the Assembly of God pastor uh, who actually I heard tell the testimony. He said he got invited to uh, an event during the Obama administration and it wasn't President Obama who did this, but some guy in the labor department told him and told him only, said you are not to mention the name of Jesus during this prayer. He says you are not to do that. He says, I just nodded my head. No, I'm sorry, I hear what you're saying. He says, I didn't say I wouldn't do it. I did say I hear what you're saying because I heard what he was saying. So everybody else does their thing. He said, he got up and he said, of course, I didn't pay attention to anything he said. He said, I prayed in the name of Jesus, prayed the blessing of God down. He said, in fact, if you know a good Pentecostal preacher, we preach our prayer. Can we have an amen? So he preached the prayer. He said, by the time it's over, 3,000 people are on their feet. They're clapping, they're shouting. He walks off the stage and the labor guy goes, man, I'm glad you did that prayer that way. That's the way we wanted it done. But yet he was afraid at first. Now, you always have to go to the word of God. And he encourages them. But here's something that he did. He asked the Lord, what shall I do? Well, duh. Isn't that the smartest thing to do? But then God told him something. Now, now here's what I want to take, take for just a moment. It gave him hope. Can you imagine losing everything? Your wives are gone. Your kids are gone. Your houses are burned. Everything of value is gone. I don't, I mean, it's like a bad HGTV show. Can I have an amen? I mean, everything's gone. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to you, pursue, and you shall recover all. Man, that gives hope. Hebrews chapter six, verse 19 says, this hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. The hope of salvation is so strong, it actually enters into the presence of God in the holiest of holies, behind the veil. It is one of the strongest things that works. Who in here knows what scripture says in Corinthians? There's three great things, faith, hope, and love. Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, Hebrews 11, verse one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now I'm gonna throw this out. You gotta have faith when you pray. Can we agree with that? Because many times we don't uh, receive from God because we aren't in faith. We're in, we're, we're in, I don't even think we're in hope. We're just in wish. We're what I'm gonna call the Hail Mary prayer. Oh God, do something. But yet, if you don't have a righteous hope based upon the word of God, you'll never ever amount to it. It won't pull you up. You gotta have hope. And hope operates like an anchor. Now who's ever watched ships and boats? I want a ship better than a boat. Does that make sense? I don't want just a boat, because that could be a John boat that's nine feet long with a hole in the bottom of it. Can I have any? I mean, I'd love to have a good sailboat, ship. You know, why not just dream? 100, 150 feet. Old boat. Looks old. I wouldn't even mind having sails on it. But I'm gonna have an anchor. Because that anchor, and you know what? Most, most, most boats, uh, especially small, if they go in the crib, they carry two anchors. Because if you anchor in one and don't anchor another, you, wherever that wind does, it just pulls you every which way. 
You might, be, you might be anchored on one, so they'll drop two. That way the boat's got more stability. Because who in here knows if you're trying to brush your teeth or comb your hair or cook something and that boat's rocking all around, you don't want that. You want to have some stability. And that's what anchors do in our life. It gives us stability. Amen. Who in here has ever put a nail in sheetrock without an anchor? Or you put something in and all of a sudden you put that picture on there and after about a, you know, a couple of months, that thing's just falling. But what do you need? You need an anchor, something that grips. And that's what hope does. I'm reminded, and I always love that quote. It's from a movie, but it speaks to me. It may not speak to you, but it speaks to me. And since I'm preaching, we're going to share it. Can I have an amen? amen. Who's ever seen that movie, Shawshank Redemption? I, uh, I, I like that movie. I, I like it best on TBS, not the unedited version. Can we have an amen? Of which I helped a friend install a cuss box in his home and he was so excited to watch the unedited version because it had like extra scenes and deleted, it was a DVD, you know, he was so excited, he loves that movie. And while we're hooking up the cuss box, the, under, the unedited version is coming out in all its glory. Can everybody say amen? All the language, and he's constantly going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I am too, can I have an amen? You know, I just had fun. I said, I said we'll fix it, and we did. What's funny was the, unedited version with the cuss box was almost a silent movie. Because <laughs> every time somebody would cuss, he'd just blank it out and put the word up and put a different word. And after a while, we're like, my Lord. I'm like, why don't we just play charades? I'll, I'll be red and you be Andy. We'll just make it up. <laughs> but in that movie at the end, it says hope is the best of things. Because hope is something that will pull you forward. Joy is something that'll pull you forward. Hebrews chapter 12 says that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him. Well, joy and hope are very closely mixed. I've seen people have great joy over a tax refund and they ain't got a dime. They just have a hope for $5,000 refund and get all excited. I've even met people who get so excited, they spend it and they ain't got a dime. And now we just enjoy it. Man, we just look at what I got. I got this with my tax refund. Well, how much money you get? I got $5,000. When did you get it? Oh, I ain't got it yet. We charge this. Dave Ramsey would come and shoot you. Can I have an amen? Shoot your credit card. Get rid of it. Uh, but, but you know what? what is, they know what's coming. And that hope pulls them. In fact, the, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Or hope that is killed makes the heart sick. Some people just means that hope that's put off. Well, I've, been, I've been believing for this for years. Pardon me. How many years? When you do an Abraham for 25, I'll listen to you complain. When you do a God for 4,000, I'll listen to you complain. Can I have an amen? amen. We complain too quick. I've been praying for this for about 22 minutes. There ain't nothing changed yet. I don't know what's gonna happen. You need to grow up. I've been, I've been praying for that. I've been praying for, in fact, actually, we, we, and Lisa joke about this. At her home church, there's a family in that church, and uh, that family was extremely close to Lisa's family. Right after we got married, I remember uh, this guy, his name was Brother Harry, he stood up. He said, I, he, this was testimony night, and I love a good testimony night, and everybody say amen, amen. unless it goes weird. And then it's just the worst thing ever. Can I have an amen? You're like, oh my gosh, Lord, just send an angel to, 
Oh God, let Karen's phone come on and send this moment. Can I have an amen? Just something, just something. Had to throw that out again. Oh, I bless me. I'm gonna laugh about that all week. And so Harry stands up and his children growing up were not serving the Lord. And he said he'd come to the altar all the time and pray and cry and wail and complain and gripe about it and fuss about it to the Lord. And he said, finally, he said, finally, he said one day, he said, I got it. He said, I had had all I could take and all I was going to do. He said, I came down to the altar and said, Father, I am tired of praying for my kids. I am not going to pray for them one more time. I have taught them the word. I have shared them the word. He says, I have prayed for them, cried for them. I am done. They are yours and yours alone. You can do this, and I know you will. I'm done. I ain't talking about this again. They all both got saved in two weeks. But you know what he did? He finally gave it. But he had hope. Who in here knows this is the truth? If you're willing to stand forever, you usually don't stand real long. And that was Harry. I even heard a preacher say one time he went up to his office, he looked at his wife and said, I'm going into my office and I'm not coming down till I hear God. He said, well, I had other times been up there. just looking. He said, well, I went up there and closed the door. He said it was like six hours. He came down, his wife said, well, you must've got hungry or something, buddy. What's the deal? He said, the Lord spoke to me. And she said, well, how'd it come so quick? He said, the only thing I can figure is I just made up my mind. I'm going to die in this room before I come out if I don't hear God. And it's funny, when you get committed to hope, how quick some things happen. But who cares how long it happens? Faith says it's mine now. Faith says God's already healed me, already blessed me, already given me peace, already given me a good home, already blessed my kids, already's knocked some sense in their heads. Can I have an amen? Should have got a better amen from over there, but amen, okay. <laughs> I figured your phone was gonna amen me on that one, amen. Everybody say hope. <gasps> what do you hope for? Everybody's gotta have hope. You can't even go on without hope. In fact, I mentioned in the past, the Bible says, and it never meant much to me until after my dad passed. We grieve, I miss my dad. I'll always miss my dad. I still don't like working on a car. Now, I've always liked working on cars. But every now and then, every time would I not work on a car, I'd call my dad. I'd get to a hard spot, get lost. I'd call him just to have a break. And we'd just talk and cut up and pick on each other. And he'd ask me what I'm doing. I can't do that no more. I went a solid year. The only thing I did on the car was change oil. That was it. I didn't want to. But who in here knows that's stupid too? Because I got stuff I need to do. Lisa's car right now needs to be resurrected from a purgatory. Can I have an amen? Okay, so uh, you know we got some things we got, and do what? But we got the parts. I just hadn't had time, and so I mean, but but I, I, I'm hesitant. But then I, you know, so I miss my dad. I do grieve, but I don't grieve like people without hope, because I have hope, and I mean it. Every time I think about my daddy, and that deep cry of grief starts to come up, and it can. If I talk about it too long now and how much I miss him, it can. But let it come up, I start talking about heaven. And in my head, I see my daddy walking up to, to Peter, not even, not even asking for his ID. He's a child of the king, he's got a right to walk in. So whatever angel's at the door just looks at him and says, get in here. And he walks up and he sees Jesus and he bows and spends time there and then he gets to see his daddy, gets to see his mama. Get to see his sister who died at the age of five, Betty, who we, he, I never got to know. And gets to sit up there, and then he gets to go find my mama. 
And what's funny is my mom, my dad, my stepdad used to get along great together. We'd go up there for Thanksgiving and then sit on the porch and talk. I'd have people say, oh, that's strange. Well, it's better than fighting. Can I have an amen? Why should we let the world dictate what's right to us? They were both Christians. They both loved Jesus. And they both loved all of us. And they actually looked, got along really good. My dad said one time, he said, thank God for Roy. Can I have an amen? I said, why? He goes, if it wasn't for Roy, your mama would still be calling me. Can I have an amen? He said, thank God for Roy. <laughs> you know, he said, I'd be fixing stuff. And so, he says, I thank God. He says, you know, and, and they had a good marriage. Had a rough times sometimes, like all the people that had a good marriage. They had hope. It gives me hope. Hope pulls me through. Well, man, I just, I just don't know how we're going to make it. I mean, the world's going bad. The world's going this. I mean, they got transvestites this. They got homosexuality this. I mean, everybody's doing this. Drugs this, that, this. I mean, just this, that. You ought to have hope. I mean, who's, who's heard anybody say this foolishness? You should never say this about your kids or your grandchildren. I just, oh, it bothers me for my kids to be alive in this world. Why? The kingdom of God hadn't changed. The spirit of God hadn't changed. The anointing of God hadn't changed. The word of God hadn't changed. We are still more able to be conquerors through Christ. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Are you coming up to get saved? Can I have an amen? Oh, she just, okay. <laughs> just making sure. I love your family. We, we shouldn't say that. We ought to tell our kids, you're more than able to live for Jesus. I used to have people tell me in Church of God Sunday school every week, it's going to be hard to serve Jesus. It's going to be hard to live for God. People's going to hate you. People, you, you, ought to, you, ought to, you ought to sell that in the positive realm because they will hate you. That's true. But they never sold it to me in the positive realm. You're going to be so blessed that people are envious. That's what God told Abram. That's the same thing. I've even met people who don't like Christians for one reason. You have peace. They don't. Ticks them off. Again, there's a lady in our church who met a lady and who, that woman said, she, told her later after she met Jesus, she says, I could not stand you. And all she was doing was going to get her hair cut in a beauty shop and that woman was at work there. She said, well, why didn't you like me? She said, I just knew when I got around you, I was going to hell. I, I, wasn't, you know, I wasn't living right. I knew that. And I just didn't like you for that. Well, then that she got saved, they both became great friends. <coughs> why not tell a teenager that? Why not tell a teenager that with the life of God in them and the goodness of God in them, that God will protect them, he will keep them, he will shepherd them, he will bless them, teach them some backbone. I remember one day in high school, I'll, I'll close with this, because everybody say hope. So when I was a senior in high school, I don't know how I figured this out, but I got two lunch breaks, which I loved. I just got to play around. Can I have an amen? But for this one part, I had to sit in this one class in between the lunches. And so um, I'd get in there and I forgot what this, I, that, I don't know what that class did. I really don't because all they did was talk. I don't, it may have been a study hall or something, but I'm in there and the teacher I got along with good. So I like him. Well, everybody, well, I, every day at high school, I had my Bible. I had my notebook. I had a couple Christian books. I still have the same Bible that I carried in high school. It's a King James Version. It's beat to pieces. It's a Cambridge edition. You can't buy that Bible anymore. It ticks me off. And I'd love to buy that Bible. Again, exactly that Bible. You can't buy it. I don't know where to get it. So everybody knew I'm a Christian. Everybody knows the story. You know, they'd make, they'd, sometimes they'd make fun about, unless you're not going to go get her. And I'd go, no, because I have a policy. See, I've always used humor. Humor can change things. 
I said, I have a policy. They said, what's your policy? My policy is always to remember all the fun I have. I said, I've got friends whose policy is to forget as much fun as they have. I want to remember it all. And they would laugh. I'd say that goes against my policy. Fun remembering. Can I have an amen? So one day we're in there and, and it's about 12 to one. They've ganged up on me and I'm talking. But who in here knows that having done all to stand, we should stand. And I have a rightful hope of expectation that when I see Jesus, I will be changed just like him. And I have something to hope for. And so all these guys are talking to me. Now everybody look at me when I say this. Everybody look at me. The world will tell you different things. The world will tell you how it looks. The world will tell you that things look better. The world will tell you that this is right. It's not. I don't care how everybody tells you it is. If it's wrong in the Bible, it's wrong. And most of the time, you'll know in your heart it's wrong. You can't convince me otherwise, because I've done it before too. You try to justify something or justify your actions. I've had people try to justify me. This always blows them. They'll say, Pastor Chris, I'm doing, I'm like, listen, I don't judge you. Listen, this ain't even my business. You can do whatever you want to. I mean, I, I just believe, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I'm not the one who's going to send you to heaven or hell. I love you. I, my, my job is to love you and preach the gospel to you and be an example of Jesus to you. That's it. That's my job. I'm not, as a pastor, I got other responsibilities. I said, but, but to you, if you're outside, I said, I'm not going to judge you. And I've had people get mad at me for that because they think Christianity's judging people, fixing them, telling them what's wrong. Well, I've met people before, you know, let me just say something. If somebody's really going to hell, they know it. They don't want to admit it, but they know their life ain't right. So I'm about 12 to one. And they're all making, they're kind of taking jabs at me. Well, you ain't ever been drunk? Nope. Ever had a buzz? Nope. Ever slept with a girl? Nope. Why? Bible says not to. And I looked at him one time, one time and finally I said, I got two things I ain't got to worry about. He said, what? I said, I ain't nobody's daddy. And I said, I ain't got no diseases. You know, finally this guy in the back. Now, the, the, the high school I went to had those gigantic clocks. And we actually, the first week of school, you should always do this if they have those clocks, we learned exactly when the bell would come on with the whole second hand. Because it was like a mad rush to get sometimes from one class to another and you had to rush. So we would get our books ready and the moment would just take off. So I knew when the bell was gonna go off. And this is later in the year. So everybody knows each other by now. Senior year. This one guy looks at me and he barks at me quick. He says, well, what are you gonna do if all what you believe is wrong? You missed everything. And I'm watching the hand. I said, well, buddy, if I've missed everything, I said, oh, I've only missed getting high. And here's, here's the foolish thing about, about, about uh, marijuana. Most people, millennial and younger, believe marijuana is safer than cigarettes. It is a proven, documented fact that if you are a regular marijuana user, your brain is 10 years older than it is should be and the level of paranoia and schizophrenia in your life rises the, oh it's got great medicinal everything has medicinal value 
Tobacco has medicinal value. You can look it up on the internet. You know who found that out? The tobacco companies trying to find a reason to tell people to smoke. They did studies and found out there's some things that it works for. But it's also got health risk. But our society has told that group, that group, all of us, I had a guy with a conversation in my neighborhood, 35-year-old guy, and we were talking, he said, man, he goes, cigarettes are much more dangerous than marijuana. I said, you're telling me an unfiltered joint is safer than a filtered camel? And he looked at me, I said, think about this. I said, sometimes you don't even know the person who made that. You don't even know what's in it. He goes, look at me. He said, well, I ain't thought of that. You know, they're, they're picking at me because I, you know, I don't do it. I didn't know what pot smelled like for years, but it's easy to figure out now, can I have an amen? It is the national smell of the state of Georgia, almost. I, I mean, I, I, you can smell it on the interstate sometimes. I, I, did, I, did, I was at my clubhouse last year, and there's a kid. I couldn't get over this. It never happened when I was growing up. And he's asking me, he's trying to break in our HOA pool. Whole time we're doing it. He's rolling his joint. It's a weird day. And they're making fun of me. He said, well, you ain't never been high. <laughs> so I said, well, I ain't never needed it. Most people think I'm on drugs anyway. Can I have an amen? You know, I did. I actually had a girl, I actually asked me and a friend one time, one night, she goes, what y'all doing? We said, nothing. She goes, you've got to be on something. We were both laughing so hard. We were just kind of, she goes, she looked at the friend. She goes, I know you. She says, I know you, what you, your life like. She goes, and he looked at her, he goes, I'm saved. We both pulled our Bibles out of the back seat of my car. He goes, we're saved. We've been to church. We've been to a revival. We love Jesus. And she goes, you're on something, Frank. And she didn't know me as well. And this guy looks at me, he goes, what if you're wrong? And I'm watching the clock. I looked at him, I said, well, buddy, I said, here's my hope. If I'm wrong and you're right, I said, all I missed is some gratuitous sex, a couple babies who I maybe not could have fathered and been a good father to. I said, a few hangovers, sexually transmitted diseases, I said, so what? And I'm watching the clock. I said, but son, if I'm right and you're wrong, and right, as the, right before the bell went, I said, y'all all go to hell and you have no hope. And buddy, their faces went white. And about that time, the bell went. Right, I'm watching them. I won't move. It went off for like 30 seconds. And I looked at him and I said, but I ain't got time to deal with this today. I gotta go to lunch. I said, but you better figure out where you wanna go. The nice thing was, is they couldn't respond to me because I left. Can I have an amen? <laughs> that's the way I planned it. I didn't have to deal with that anymore. But see, that's the question. Now somebody says, why would you say that? Because I have hope. Well, what if it's wrong? I'm gonna say this. I've said this for a long time, but I mean it. I'm gonna live this way for Jesus until I die for one reason, even if it isn't right, even if it's not true, it works. It works. God is a good God, and I believe that with all that's in me. Everybody say hope is an anchor to my soul. You need to have hope of eternity, hope of your calling, and hope for your present. If you don't, you'll slide off into depression. Would you agree? One of the greatest things that those people who deal with depression is they have no hope. All they see is the calamity. 
It's just so bad. It's just so bad. You can't live for Jesus. That's so bad. I love to point out the highest level per capita of drug abuse in America was 1865, not 2023, percentage-wise. Now, we have more people doing drugs now because we have more people now. There's only like 30 million people in America at the time. Total, everybody, 30, 35. But you had more people back then. You want to live for Jesus? Everybody can live for Jesus. And everybody say amen. amen. People do what they want to do. But you need to have hope that pulls you through. My daddy always taught me there's only two things in life that are worth doing. And it's true. He was right. One is make Jesus the Lord of your life. That's it. That's number one. And two is to make sure your family serves Jesus so they can go to heaven with you and you can spend eternity with them. Because I don't want to go to heaven without my family. I don't want to go to heaven without y'all. I mean, I like to talk. Can I have an amen? See, I, evidently y'all don't believe that. I didn't hear an amen. Or y'all were too afraid to amen, thinking I was going to pick on Karen's phone again or pick on you. Or maybe pick on Teresa. <laughs> um, hope has that unique ability to take you from nothing to something. So don't give up hope. And I don't know what you're going through, but I promise you two things. I can find somebody who's got it worse and I always know that Jesus can make it better. So don't give up hope. And I could preach on complaining because complaining destroys hope. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. God always starts with your words. Your words should not be contrary to what his are. Look at somebody and say, I am full of hope. Who in here has ever heard of Jeremiah 29, 11? Molly calls that the Christian woman's default verse. And it's true. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to bless you. Give you an expected hope. Bow your heads with me right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your goodness and your power. We thank you, Father, that you do not leave us hopeless. In fact, we know that scripture says that those who are without you are without hope in this earth. Father, we have hope that know you. We have deep hope that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Right now, with every head bowed, whether you're online or in person, if you're online, please email us. Info at gracesummitchurch.org. But if you're in here right now and you'd say, Pastor Chris, I don't know Jesus as my Lord. I've never made Jesus my Lord. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I don't understand all that, and that's okay. He's gracious to lead us and to guide us into all truth. But if you say, Pastor Chris, that's me, nobody looking around, I need to make Jesus. And you may have been a Christian. You may have done that before, but you're not where you should be, and you know it. You know you've let some things enter in, and you need to repent. And you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I need to make things right. If that's you, hold your hand up. Amen, amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen, amen. Anybody else? I will tell you something, God loves you. I don't care who you are, what you've done, who you've been. 
One of the sweetest things I've ever seen in my life was my old secretary years ago. Now she wasn't old, my former secretary. A guy crazed on whatever, he wasn't even on drugs, shot and killed her son. She went back into that young guy's, uh, went back to his prison, gave him a Bible, prayed for him, forgave him. And she said, I knew that was the only way to let it go. How Sherry could do that, I have no idea, but I know this. She realized too, Jesus loved that young boy too. And it ain't right what he did, but who in here knows we warfare not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, in other words, against demonic forces. And we always have to remember that. People are just pawns spiritually. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Hold it up, hold it up one more time, and let's pray together. Okay, amen, amen. Everybody pray this with me. If you're at home, pray it too, but pray it out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I have hope in eternity that goes into the holiest place that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is my Lord. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. I give you my life. I ask you to give me your spirit so that I may live in power, so that I may live boldly and I may live according to the promise. In Jesus' name, I thank you right now for your goodness and your grace and your provision in my life. You are good to me and I receive it. And I will never be the same. I will live righteous, I will live holy with your hope in my heart and I will never give up in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Okay, two things. If you raise your hand, two things. Number one, read your Bible every day. Read a chapter. Don't go for 10. At least one chapter. And don't read it fast. Take some time. Enjoy it. You understand what I'm saying? I'd, in fact, I tell people, I'd rather you read four verses and understand them than just read a chapter. Man, I've read physics books. And I'm smart, I think. Y'all may not, but I do. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty educated. I've read, I've read whole pages. My mind's somewhere else. I'm flying a plane. And I look at the professor. Did you read that book? Yeah, I read it. But I was at 32,000 feet in here. Can I have an amen? Didn't do me any good. So, so read those four. Five. And then pray. Again, don't start off. Just 10, 15 minutes. Most of us are not quiet. And me and Lisa, Pastor Lisa, were talking the other day. She made a comment. We were talking about praying. She said, you know, she says, I think I need to hush and listen more than talking. We all do. Can I have an amen? And listen. And let his spirit guide you. And then the next thing is, we'll see you next week. Get in a good church. And I'm going to throw this out there. And I mean this. Don't get in a bad church. And I mean that. A good church preaches that Jesus is Savior, healer, a baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and a soon coming king. It preaches a full gospel message. Thank God for churches that just preach salvation. Thank God for them. Never going to criticize them, put them down. But if you want to have a productive life, you don't need to live there. If you go to a church that preaches that God doesn't heal, don't get upset when you get sick. Can I have an amen? 
You are, you're, that's where you're at. That's what you're preaching. That's what they're preaching to you. If, if they're preaching this, I'd never take my kids to this church. Well, you know, sometimes when they grow up, they'll leave the Lord, but they'll come back. I ain't never preached that on my kids in my life. My Bible says, train a child up in the way she get, they get old, and when they get old, they will not depart from it. Didn't say they're ever gonna leave it. It just says as they get older, they won't depart. My prayer is they never depart. When my kids were smaller, we went to a pastor's church by the name of Krista Chico. He had that conviction. When I was growing, uh, when they moved to Georgia, we were going to Scott Reese's church. They had that conviction. When Scott went to my church with his kids, we had that conviction. Can I have an amen? And we preached that. So make sure you're in a good church and everybody say amen. A couple of real quick announcements. Wednesday nights, 7.30. I'm not gonna do this without. Uh, women just had a great first Saturday meeting. Can I have an amen? All the women were good. They enjoyed it. And uh, uh, the men are encroaching. It's becoming men time. So we're gonna have to have create some new buffer areas. So the men need to just throw their wives off here at the church and go shoot guns somewhere, do something manly. I don't know what that would be. And, uh, but, but thank God, a great turnout. And uh, we started our book of Revelation. It's talking about eschatology in times. It's very basic uh, in, in its progression, so it's easy to understand. Um, everybody needs that, and I'd encourage you to come. Uh, if you do come, let me know. We have a book uh, that, that you need to get so you can read ahead. We're actually reading a chapter ahead, so we're on chapter three next week. So read chapter three in the book, and we'll see you next week. Can I have an amen? Everybody stand up with me, if you will. Look at somebody and act, act like you got some sauce in you. Act like you got some, some goodness. Say, I, I am full of hope. The world may go nuts, but God is gonna save me. This much I know, my Redeemer lives. And I am happy. Happy, happy, happy. Can I have an amen? Now you ought to act like it and look like it and quit being so prune-faced all the time. Amen? Some of y'all really need some Jesus in you and get the prune look off of you. You look ugly. Can I have an amen? You need to smile. I think it's just my job in the ministry to go around and look at people and go, you ugly. You need to smile. Can I have an amen? You ever met that Christian? You love Jesus. I love Jesus. No, you don't. You, you act like you just got ticked off by Jesus. You ought to be happy. So everybody look at somebody and say, I'm happy. Give me a smile. Show some pearly whites or some old browns, whatever you got. Can I have an Amen. Give somebody a high five. high five. Give me some background music for leaving. Can I have an amen? amen? Father, we stretch forth our hands. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you his peace. And may you always walk in hope because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.